Well, good evening. Here we are. What is it? Um, today's Wednesday, right? Wednesday. So we got a week and a half to Christmas. What a day, what a day. But here we are, we made it. We made it through the day. As you know, we're going through Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. A couple of weeks ago, Pastor Shane uh, taught on Wonderful Counselor. And then last week, Alex taught on Mighty God. And so my charge tonight is Everlasting Father. And then next week, Pastor Mike Rizzi will pick it up with um, Prince of Peace. So we look forward to that as well. Would you pray with me? Lord, as we do come before you this evening, we're so grateful. What a day, Lord. What a time it is, Lord, to come to worship you in spirit and in truth. We thank you, Lord, so much for this beautiful place that you've given us to come to worship. Tonight, Lord, as we look at Everlasting Father, I pray that you would bring out what you want brought out, Lord. Notes would be put aside. My thoughts would be put aside and your will would be done. We just thank you, Lord. We give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name, amen. So, the thought of, let me back up. Let's go ahead and read the verse and we'll come back. I got some thoughts that I want to share with you. But open your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 9. We're going to read 6 and 7. For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government of peace or of peace. On the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and uphold it with justice and righteousness. For then on and forevermore, the zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. And I'm tasked with everlasting father and as I'm thinking about that, I'm thinking everlasting. What everlasting? What does that really mean? Everlasting really means eternal. They, they interchange, inter, interchange with each other. And really, everlasting or eternal is a foreign thing. At least I can say it's a foreign thing to me. In the fact, when I look around, uh, I'm aging, <laughs> I'm not everlasting, this body is going to do what it's going to do. And interesting, I was going through one of my dresser drawers and I have a full of Levi's and I was going through those Levi's and my Levi's have holes in them and so they're not eternal, they're not everlasting. And, and so this thing about everlasting father, how can... How can that be possible? What's the, what's the really mean? What's that really look like? Because in just a few short days, 
There's going to, a baby is going to be born. Now, how can that baby be called my everlasting father? How can he be called a wonderful counselor or, or a mighty God? He's just a little baby laying there in, in a manger. How can this be? How can this everlasting? And I, my mind has been stuck on this everlasting. I, I think of my earthly father who passed when I was 10 years old. How can... How can Father be everlasting? How can those two kind of come together? And I want to say this up front because not everybody had a really good father, earthly. Some didn't have any father as far as being around or some perished or passed away early, some weren't around, some whatever the particular case might be. And so when we look at the, the human perspective of everlasting father, it just, to me, doesn't compute because I never experienced that. I ne- my mom never remarried, so I never had, like, even a stepfather to come in to step in and do those things that we're doing. So this, again, I've just really been stuck on it. I'm just being square with you guys, man, because... This idea is, in human perspective, it's just nuts. It's crazy. And it drives us crazy when we start thinking about these things. But our Father, who has come in this form of this baby, says right here in Isaiah chapter 9 that his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father. Everlasting fathers, different verse, different uh, variations in the different Bibles. And so that concept, again, I'm stuck on is like, wow. But I've learned over the years that I'm grateful for that very thing. I'm so grateful that I have this everlasting father. Because it's made a big difference. I think that if you look at your life, the idea of understanding of this heavenly father or this eternal father or this everlasting father will make a big difference in the way you perceive things, the way you see things, the way you understand things because you get the heavenly father's perspective. See, even the, even the, the greatest dad or worldly father can let you down. There's no such thing as a perfect father. As hard as a good father tries, there's always that chance of failure to let a person down. But this father, this eternal father, is perfect. Never leaves you, never forsakes you. You don't have to worry about him not coming back. Because he's always with us. He's always around us. He's there right by our side at all times. The scriptures tell us that he'll never leave us or he'll never forsake us. Our eternal father. We think again about that perspective of everlasting. Well, we know that God does not work on the same time frame that we work on. 
We look at seconds and minutes and hours and days and weeks and months and years, and we put all this stuff together and we fret over the different things, and the Lord is sitting outside of time. Our Heavenly Father is outside of eternal time and has the whole perspective, the whole picture from beginning to everlasting Oh, if we could see that, what a difference that would make, wouldn't it? If we could see that, have that same perspective as he has, if we had that same vision that he has, that same thought, same compassion, and same love, how much greater would it be to have that relationship like that with our heavenly Father? We grow old. Our bodies wear out. Even in our marriage vows, we say, till death do us part. Interesting. When we talk about our Father being eternal, there's no denying it. The scriptures do not lie. He is our eternal Father, everlasting. And there's no doubt within our minds about who he is. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, And we're coming upon a time we know that he wasn't really born on December 25th. But that's when we celebrate it collectively. We celebrate the birth of our eternal father. As he was born in that manger that with the pigs and the cows and the horses and all the other stuff. They had no place for him. The inn was full, they said. But he came. Because God loves you that much. This thing about eternal. What else is eternal? In Psalm 90 verse 2 it says, Before the mountains were, are you gave birth to the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting. You are God. You are forever God. Psalm 145 13 says, Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. And your kingdom, your dominion endures throughout all generations. Kingdom-minded. We talked about kingdom-minded. And the theme is a kingdom, the kingdom, the kingdom is coming. It's everlasting. Your kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. Psalm 119, 160 The sum of your word is truth and every one of your righteous ordinances is everlasting, eternal. His ordinance that he sets out as our heavenly father, our eternal father. In Isaiah 46, 4, it says, even to your old age, I will be the same. And even to your graying years, I will bear you. I have done it. And I will carry you, and I will bear you, and I will deliver you. Always and forever, he will carry us. He will bear our burdens because that's how much that he loves you. That's how much he loves me. That he would do that for us. So this thought of eternal, everlasting, to me is amazing. It's an amazing concept, the meaning, the thought of someone, the thought of someone loving me for all eternity is so incredible.
When we compare that to our earthly, when we compare that to humanity, it falls, everything falls so short. How much do you think that he loved you? How long do you think he'll love you? How long do you think that he'll care for you and take care of you and love you and forgive you for the things that you do? Well, all you have to do is look at John 3, 16. For God, what? So loved the world that he gave what? His only begotten son, that whoever would what? Say it, church. Believe in him would not perish, but have what? Eternal life. Everlasting life. That's how much he loves us. That little baby laying in that manger, that's how much he loves you. He's willing to go from there to the cross. He's willing to go from an infant to a full-grown man, God-man, to hang on that cross to pay for us. That's how much he loves you. Our heavenly father, our eternal father. 1 John 2.25, this promise which he himself made to us, eternal life. It's a promise for those who believe in him. Isaiah 26.4, trust in the Lord forever, for in God the Lord we have the everlasting rock. The Lord, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. Psalm 100, verse 5. For the Lord is good. His loving kindness is everlasting. And his faithfulness to all generations. In John three thirty six, He who believes in the Son has what? Eternal life. But he who does not obey the Son will not see life, for the wrath of God abides in him. For those who believe, we have eternal life. I, I, don't know, I, I don't know how many more scriptures that we need to bring up. I don't know how much more we need to talk about everlasting when it comes, into, when it comes to our Heavenly Father, when it comes to Jesus Jesus is going to be born, and he's called the everlasting father. Jeremiah 32, 40, I will make an everlasting covenant with them that I will not turn away from to do to them, do good. And I will put fear of me in their hearts so that they will not turn away from me. I think, and I hope that we get the point about this everlasting father, and our father is eternal He's not a father that's here today and gone tomorrow. He's an everlasting. He's eternal. He's here with us. If you've accepted Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, he now dwells within your heart, never to leave you, never to forsake you, in the good times and in the bad. I think that's about enough of everlasting. I hope you got the point. It took all that for me just to get that understanding to, to realize how really 
uh, eternal he is. And what that really means to me personally, Father, do you know that he's the father to the faith, to the fatherless? So when I talk about where your dad is or your father is today, or maybe your relationship with him or how it was or whatever, I, I was talking with soon-to-be Pastor Alex, right now Rabbi Alex. I think we're going to call him R.A. But anyway, I was talking with him the other day about this very thing here, trying to just get some outside uh, wisdom and input. And he asked me a question. He said, well, what was your relationship with your father? And you know, nobody has ever asked me that question before. I don't think I've ever even thought about it myself. Because I was 10 when he passed. But as I was talking with Alex, I started remembering things. He never came to any of my baseball games. He did do a couple of things. He taught me how to play darts so that when I grew up to be old enough, I could go to the bar and play in dart tournaments. He taught me how to play pool, where when I got older, I could go to the bars and hustle pool. But he never taught me anything spiritual. So if I've triggered something in you, you need to just understand that Jesus is the father for the fatherless. So my conclusion in that conversation with Alex was, I guess maybe I was abandoned. I guess maybe I was abandoned. My earthly father abandoned me. Now, I'm not saying this to get sympathy. I'm just make, trying to make a point that there's a difference between a heavenly father, eternal father, and an earthly father. Our earthly father will let us down. But our heavenly father, our eternal father, will never let us down. He will never turn his back on you. How many things can you count on with certainty? Certainty. Certainty. Not many. In fact, I would say none. You can't even count on yourself. I let myself down all the time. Even to this day, I let myself down. But there's one. That's our everlasting Father. He's unwaveringly, He's consistent, He never changed. He's there all the time. And it's Jesus. He's called the everlasting Father. Everlasting in the terms of time. He was there from the beginning and he's there for all eternity. Everlasting in terms of unchanging. He never changes. He's consistent. No variations in his character. In Hebrews chapter 1, verses 10 through 12, it says, And you, Lord, laid the foundations of the earth in the beginning, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you will remain. They will all wear out like a garment, like my Levi's. 
like your Levi's, like your clothes, like your cars. Like a robe, you will roll them up. Like a garment, they will be changed. But you are the same, and your years will have no end. Your years are eternal. His name will also be Father, and we are his sons and daughters. We are part of a family, a special bond and a special blessing. This is who our Heavenly Father is. Some of you may have had a fabulous father. Others, maybe not around at all. Maybe wasn't very loving. But Jesus demonstrates to us what a kind of a father our God is. And I'm going to use a story that you know very well if you've been a Christian for any length of time. And if you want to open your Bibles to Luke chapter 15. And it is the story of the prodigal son. And I think it goes right along with one of the, point, one of the points that I'm trying to get across here about our Heavenly Father and the love and the grace and the care and the compassion and the kindness and the long-suffering and all those things that he has for you and that he has for me. In Luke chapter 15, this is the story of the prodigal son. I'm going to read it and then I'm going to come back and I'm going to make a few comments so we're going to read actually from 11 to 32. It's quite a long, but I think it's important. Verse 11, and he said, a man had two sons. The younger of them said to his, if you, I'm, if you mark up your Bible, you might want to circle father or highlight it or whatever it is you do if you do that. So verse 12, the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me a share of, my, of the estate that falls to me. So he divided his wealth between them. Not many days later, the younger son gathered everything together and went on a journey into a distant country. And there he squandered his estate with loose living. Verse 14. Now when he had spent everything, a severe famine occurred in that country, and he began to be impoverished. So he went and hired himself out to one of the citizens of the country and sent to him to the fields to feed the swine, verse 16. And he would have gladly filled his stomach with the pods that the swine were eating, and no one was giving anything to him. But when he came to his senses, he said, how many of these fathers, father, hired men have more than enough bread, but I am dying here with hunger. Verse 18. I will get up and I will go to my father and will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me as one of your hired men. Verse 20. So he got up and he came to his father, but while he was still way off, his father saw him and felt compassion for him. And he ran and embraced him and he kissed him. And the son said to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in your sight. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, quickly bring out the best robe 
and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and sandals on his feet and bring the fattened calf, kill it and let us eat and celebrate. Verse 24, for the son of mine was dead and has come to life again. He was lost and he's been found and they began to celebrate. Verse 25. Now his older son was in the field and when he came and approached the house, he heard music and dancing. And he summoned one of his servants and began inquiring what these things could be. And he said to him, your brother has come and your father has killed the fattened calf because he has received him back safe and sound. Verse 28. But he became angry and not willing to go in. And his father came out, began pleading with him. But he answered and said to his father, Look, for you have so many years I have been serving you, and I have never neglected to com uh, a command of yours. And yet you have never given me a young goat so that I might celebrate with my friends. Verse 30. But when your son, but when this son of yours came, who has devoured your wealth with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. And he said to, his, said to him, Son, you have always been with me, and all that is mine is yours. But we had to celebrate and rejoice, for your brother of yours was dead, and he's begun to live, and was lost, and has been found." I think this is a great, great picture of our eternal Father, our heavenly Father, in relation to us. We go sideways, we get out of line, and we ask for everything under the sun, he gives it to us, and we decide to bail. Of course, you know I'm paraphrasing this, right? I'm just trying to make it more applicable for us in this time frame, so to speak. But he arose and he came to his father and he was still a long ways off. Now there's, there's, first off, let's go back just for a second. Because technically, a rebellious son could be taken to the gates and stoned to death. That was the law. But his father loved him so much that he went ahead and gave him what he asked for and let him go. Now, isn't, doesn't our Heavenly Father do that for us? Doesn't Jesus do that for us? I like to think that he gives us enough rope to hang ourselves. Because he lets us get away with stuff. Right? It's called free will. But he comes out and he, he lets him go comes to the end of himself. And like most of us have done at one point in time of our life, we have come to the end of ourself and we realize that we made a mistake and we repent. And we come back to the Father and we say, God, I've sinned against you, my heavenly Father. Jesus, I've sinned against you. And what does Jesus do? What does the Father do here? He gets the ring and the robe and kills the fattened calf and has a party and celebrates and says he was once dead and now he's alive. He was once lost and now he's found, which is a picture of us. We were once lost, but now we are found. We were once dead 
spiritually dead, and now we are spiritually alive. And that little baby that's called the Eternal Father, our Everlasting Father, that same baby that was born is the same Father that forgives us and comes to us and says, welcome, welcome. You've acknowledged that you've sinned, you've acknowledged and you repent and you turn, welcome back. Welcome back. That's what Jesus does. That's a very, very good picture of Jesus. And I think it's a very, very good picture of us as well as we get sidetracked by the things of this world. How we start turning and I call them the pinwheels of life. If you've ever been down the, I've said this before, but if you've ever been down the 10 freeway heading towards Rialto or San Bernardino, there's all those big billboards. Flashing lights. I'm not going to say what's on them, but you get my point. They're something that distracts you and takes you away from looking and keeping your focus on the Father or keeping your eyes on Jesus. It's interesting that he gave him the robe. He put it on him and he gave him the ring and the shoes and then he wanted to celebrate That's what God does for each and every one of us. That's what our eternal Father does for us when we come back and we say, Lord, forgive me, I've sinned. He just opens up. That's what he's wanted the whole time. That's what he's wanted for you and for me the whole time was to recognize. So we have a Father despite all of our mistakes, even our outright sin, still loves us. A father who eagerly awaits for us to come to him. A father who can't wait to celebrate. Turn page. Come on, you guys are so serious. It's okay. Our Heavenly Father, I'm just absolutely amazed. So unworthy. So unworthy. He even disciplines us, right? Our Eternal Father, our Heavenly Father. Why? Because He loves us. So we have this Eternal Father the one that's always there. He's our protector. He's unwaving. Have you fallen away? Are you walking, so to speak, this straight and narrow? You know, it's really, even Pastor Shane alluded to it when he was up here and talking with Pastor Michael the other day about just the way, and even this morning with Silver Saints. We had a great time with the Silver Saints this morning. And we were just talking about the ways of the world, the things that are going on in this world that are just absolutely bizarre. 
and how things are changing. And it's interesting that the change hasn't taken place just like that. It's been very methodically thought out along the way. And we have to be careful. We have to be careful that we don't get sucked up in the change. Because even as we have gone through here, that he's unwavering, our eternal, our everlasting father never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. We can't get caught up in this stuff. He is our heavenly father. In fact, he's not done with this. I do, unfortunately, I do a lot of memorial services, but if you go to John chapter 14, see, he thinks past this world, right? This world, we know this world, everything in this world is temporal. It's fleeting. We are just tourists passing through. It calls us sojourners, just passing through. And so he's gone ahead. And you'll know these verses, John chapter 14, verse 1. Listen, do not let your heart be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my whose house? Say it. In my Father's house. My eternal Father, my everlasting Father. There are many dwelling places If it were not so, I would have told you, for why prepare a place for who? You. As a believer in Jesus Christ, he is preparing a place for you. Listen, he came out of that manger, he went to the cross, and he's preparing a place for you. He's preparing a place for me. He says, continuing in verse 2, If it were not so, I would have told you, for I go to prepare a place for you. If I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. Where I am, there you might be also. With him eternally. And you know where the way that I'm going. And of course, Thomas says this, Lord, we do not know where, where you are going. But how do we know the way? And of course, Jesus' famous line I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to the Father without our... I've got so many notes on it, I can't even read it. I am the way, the truth, and I know it comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on you know him and have seen him question. The question is, do you know him? Do you have a personal relationship with him? Do you know, do you know that little baby that was laying in the manger? Have you accepted him as your eternal father, your everlasting father? Have you accepted him as your mighty counselor or your mighty God or your wonderful counselor? Have you accepted him as your prince of peace? And Pastor Mike will get into that next week, talking about his other name, Prince of Peace. He has many names. He has many names. 
Well, Shane, we're going to land the plane early because I'm on my last segment here. I want to read a poem that I, I, I don't know who wrote it, but the, title, the name is My Special Father. It says this, It takes many special qualities to make a father like you. A lot of care and kindness and understanding too. It takes a special kind of love that seems to know no end, eternal. And, and the thoughtfulness and the patience of a true and trusted friend. It takes many special qualities to make a father like you, and that's why you are loved so much today and all through the year. And all the God's people said amen. amen. You know, we celebrate Christmas you know, December 25th, right? I think Christmas is every day. He's the present. He's the present that was given to us for redemption so that we could have this thing called eternal life. Without that, there would be no hope. Without that, there would be no eternal life. Without that, we wouldn't even need to be here. He's given us a reason and he's given us a purpose to live, to get up in the morning, to get out of bed and start a new day. Our blessings are new every morning, the scriptures tell us. And I guess the question really lies in each and every one of us if we, if we have accepted him as our personal Lord and Savior. Are we honoring him? Are we blessing our eternal Father? You know, we want the blessings from him, man. Hey, bless me with this and bless me with that. But do we ever bless him? I think that we do. But I think he blesses us more than we bless him. I think we need to have the attitude of the prodigal son once he came to his senses. I've sinned against you, my heavenly father. And I've also sinned against my earthly father. But there's redemption. And redemption comes in the form of the cross. And the shedding of the blood of that poor... Scratch that. That baby's not poor. That baby is so rich. That baby is so rich. And you're rich by proxy by having that relationship with him because everything that he has, everything that he has, he has everything. And we are heirs to everything that he has. And I'm not talking about planes, trains, and cars. I'm talking about peace and hope and happiness and caring and sharing and loving and being real and being open and being honest and being forthright and being have integrity and honor and all those things that this that this baby brings to the world. I don't know where you're at. I know that a lot of you, I, I know that, you know, you, you never want to assume that any, anything really because you know what that means. But the idea is that, you know, I think it would be, I, I remember um, it was a famous pastor 
doing a, I think it was a Moody. He was doing a message in Chicago and he was really tired. He had doing, been doing messages every single night. And he was just really tired and he decided not to do an altar call. And that was the night of the Chicago fire. And many, many people perished. And from that point on, he was never too tired to do another altar call. Never too tired to assume that somebody has a relationship with the Heavenly Father. And so I think that I would be amiss at a time like this in this beautiful season to celebrate the birth of our, of our Savior. Just to throw that out there because I don't know where you're at. I may know you personally, but I don't know your heart. You don't, you don't know my heart. And even the scriptures will tell us that our heart is deceitfully wicked and who can know it? So I'm going to ask you just to search your heart, even in this given moment right now. Maybe you've backslidden a little bit. Maybe you're, maybe you're like the prodigal son. You've ran away a little bit and you got tired of eating the, the pig pods. And now you come back. Maybe you've been suiting up and showing up, but you've been hiding stuff. I would say that today's the day. This season is the time. Clear the air. Like the prodigal son, come back and say, I've sinned against you, Father. And let the Father just open his arms and welcome you back in. So would you pray with me, Lord, as we come before you? As we close this out, Lord, I just want to thank you, Lord, for, for being who you are. Being the King of kings and the Lord of lords and our eternal Father, our one who will never let us down, never leave us, nor forsake us, Lord. In the good times and the bad times, you're right there, Lord, to help us walk through the different situations that we seem to just put ourselves in, Lord. But there you are. And so now, Lord, I, I pray for those that are here. I pray for those that are online watching as well, Lord. Maybe it's time to just come clean. Maybe it's time to lay it on the line and like the prodigal son did and come back and just, you know, just, just say, Lord, I've sinned against you and, and let him open his arms and receive you back in. His grace, his mercy is just a prayer away. He loves us that much that he chooses none would perish, not one. So if that's you, make it right. Make it right, right where you're sitting. Just tell the Lord, I'm sorry. And then really be sorry and do something about it, right? Lip service is a dime a dozen, but when you actually change and do something, make that effort do that today. I hope so. So Lord, we give this to you. We give this night to you. I thank you for every family here, every family represented, Lord. I thank you for those that are online as well. Those that will watch later, Lord. I pray, Lord, that you just be glorified. You are our eternal Father, our everlasting Father, among other things as well. We give this to you. We give this night to you. In Jesus' name, in Jesus' name.
Amen. Amen. God bless you guys.